You're listening to a sermon audio from Cypress Church. You can listen to more sermons on our website or by subscribing to our podcast on iTunes. We hope you enjoy the sermon and invite you to attend one of our services at 9 and 10.30 a.m. on Sunday mornings. God bless you. We're excited to have you part of our Sunday morning this morning. It's Christmas time! Woo! Can you feel it in the air? It's just exciting, and there's so much happening. And, uh, you know, our, our kids, we um, we had our family picture finally. I, how many of you, like, are done with everything for Christmas? Yeah, a few of you. Yeah, that's good. The rest of us, we're still working on it, right? <laughs> I have a lot to do. But, but we finally got to our uh, Christmas picture Saturday. And I know that means our Christmas cards are going to get out late, but that's okay. We waited for little Bixby, our, our uh, sixth grandchild to be born. She was born early and we were, it just is a mess. But anyways, we got this picture finally and all of our kids were over at our uh, house yesterday and our grandkids and we had a great time together. But Moses was, uh, uh, he is our, our oldest of our six grandkids and he was standing there looking at the Christmas tree because there's more presents underneath there now. And he's looking at them going, wow, Papa, can we open one? <laughs> I said, oh, not yet. In a few days, we'll be able to open one. And actually, he's been over a couple times this past week, and every time he comes to our house, he keeps asking, can we open presents now? I mean, it's just the excitement is building and, and that. And I mean, it, it's all fun, and it's fun to uh, think about gifts. I remember when as a little kid, um, I was, uh, our, you know, I was fascinated by Christmas, and the, <clears throat> the, the tree just seemed to be, you know, birthing all of these presents underneath this, and it was getting close to the Christmas Day, we, we were a family that opened down on Christmas Eve, but ap- actually when you're supposed to open it is on Christmas Day. Anybody open Christmas Eve? Yeah, you know you're not supposed to do that. It's Christmas Day. That's a day that Jesus, right? Anyways, well, whatever your tradition is, that's fine. But we open Christmas Day, and so we're waiting for that. And my brother and I were standing before the Christmas tree, and uh, my brother said, Hey, Mike, why don't you see, if, see what's in that package? You, all you need to do is just rip a little corner. And I went... Sounds like a great idea. So I went over to that package, you know, and I started ripping off a little corner of that. And I don't know, it just wasn't enough. So I I ripped a little more. And then I ripped a little more. And before you know it, I was in a full package opening frenzy. I was opening everything I could get my hands on. It's just like something came over me and I started ripping. Finally, my mom came in and she screamed and grabbed me away from there. I wanted to open up the present. Yeah. I did. <laughs> Let's just say I got into a little bit of trouble that Christmas. I don't remember ever receiving a gift that Christmas, but uh, um, but opening gifts is fun at the proper time. So I have a fun game this morning that I want to play this morning, and I need a couple of volunteers. And so Tab Larson, I see that you volunteered. So come on up here, Tab. And uh, and Dave, honey, you're standing there. You need something to do. You're not ushering anymore. Come on up here. I have a... Uh, yeah, come on up here. Yeah. Stand behind this uh, um, this package here. And, uh, and Dave, you can stand behind this package here. We're going to have a little package opening contest. All right? Yeah, yeah, you're sizing it up. That's good. Yeah, kind of getting ready for that. And I'm going to divide the room. You guys are Team Tab. <clears throat> you guys are Team Dave. Okay, Team Tab, you need a little bit more energy over here. Okay, so in just a few minutes, I'm going to release you guys to be able to do this. And by the way, there, no one can help them. Okay, they have to do this all on their own. And you can only use your hands. Okay, you can't use any other part of your body. 
to open this in any way, shape, or form. Just your hands, and you have a contest. And so you can you can have whatever open as long as you open the entire package. Okay? You got that? Okay, you're going to have 30 seconds to do that. We'll put 30 seconds on the clock. The, the, the clock. Wait, okay, hang on. Oh, wait, 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 I forgot something. Wait, they start all over again. I forgot something. There's something more I need to do here. Um, you have to wear these. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, you don't need that shirt. So, okay, Team Dave? Team Tab? Okay, are you ready? Do we have the clock up again? Sorry. Okay, I'll tell you when to go. Ready? Three, two, one, go! Keep going, you got, you got 10 seconds! 10 seconds! Hurry up! Keep going! 8, 7, 6, 5, 3, 2, 1! You just got the bow off. Oh, you got a corner off. Yeah, well, that doesn't count. Let's give these guys a big hand. Thanks for playing. Thanks for playing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, listen. If you were here first service, they got opened. Yes, Drake Yamagita, he just ripped into that thing and just pulled it apart. But uh, um this actually was was what I was hoping for. I had to change my whole illustration first service because Drake happened to open it up, but uh, um it's fun. So, thanks, Tab for letting us laugh at me with you and uh, that. And Dave, we're just used to laughing with you. But um, uh, but thank you guys for, for doing that. Um, the, the, the thing about this is that, honestly, what good is a gift if you can't open it? And yet, there, there, you know, it, there, there's really something fun in here. I wish, you know, but rules are rules, you know. Uh, it, it, and Christmas is a time of giving gifts. And again... What good is a gift if, if you can't open it? And so let me ask you this question. What do you think? Is it more, uh, is it better to give or to receive a gift? What do you think? Yeah, yeah. I, I, most of you would say that because actually that is proven, it is proven to be better to give than to receive. Actually, a study out of UCLA last year found that those who give support to others have a greater sense of well-being than those who, re- excuse me, receive support. The same is said about giving gifts and being generous. A study out of the University of British Columbia, that's in Canada, found that regardless of the, did I just hear somebody say, yay, Canada? Oh, God bless you. Who are you? I want to give you this gift. Uh, <laughs> it came out of Canada, it says, regardless of income, those who spend money on others reported greater happiness. And there are numerous studies out there that come up with the truth Jesus said long ago. Acts 20, verse 35, In all things I, and that's Paul talking, have shown you that by working hard in this way, we must help the weak. And remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said himself, here's what Jesus said, it is more blessed to give 
than to receive. And yes, it is. It is proven to be true, and Jesus said it right away, and that's a, that should be enough, but yet we need to verify those kind of things, and it just is in our own mind, but yet it's, it plays out to be true in human nature. It is more blessed to give than receive. Jesus also said in, in Luke chapter 6, verse 38, Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. See, there is a correlation between giving and receiving. Not that we give to receive, but there is an incredible blessing when we reflect the generous nature of God and give and actually creates space in life. Now, a few weeks ago, we did another game. You know, I just kind of like games. I don't know if you noticed that, but Mesa's many years of being a youth pastor. But a number of years, or a number of years, a number of weeks ago, we did another contest where we had a stuffed stocking like this, and we had a bunch of stuff to fill into it. And the idea was is that you had to take out something to be able to have room to put into the stocking. Because sometimes you need to take out things to find room for the good things that are in your life. And sometimes our life is so filled with, with, with things that we need to take something out to be able to put into that and find room for the right things in life. But wouldn't it be great if by some measure we could not just have a stocking like that, but have a stocking like this? Yeah. This is actually the size of the stocking that I use for my grandkids. No, I'm serious. It is. We have one for each of them. They have six of these babies. And they can fit inside as a sleeping bag. But it, it's, uh, um, it wouldn't it be great if, if, if our, if, if it's not just, just taking things out, but if somehow we could expand our stocking, wouldn't that be awesome? Well, it is true. You can. And by being generous like God, it does create space in life. And I want you to remember that phrase that, uh, being generous like God creates space in life because it actually does. That's a gift worth opening. That's a gift worth taking the effort to be able to open that gift of generosity in our own life. Because when we do, we move from a stocking like that to a stocking like this. And it expands life. Because we were created and commanded to be generous like God. We are made in God's image. The image of a generous God who supplies our needs. Uh, Philippians 4.19 and that, the God, that we have a God who supplies all of our needs are met in Christ Jesus. That we have a, a God who meets our needs and it blesses us and provides us salvation. And, and when we give, there is great gain. And it's like expanding of our life. We don't naturally think giving creates space. We tend to consider it as a loss and the loss of expense or the expense occurred. But there, there's amazing space-creating realities when we give. Here's just a couple of verses. Proverbs 19:17 says, Whoever is generous, giving to the poor, lends to the Lord, and he will pay him for his deeds. There's going to be a, a way that comes back to you. And in that same way, Proverbs 28, 27, Whoever gives to the poor will not want. There's a, a credible uh, expanding of space when we give. And, and I love the book of Ecclesiastes. It's a, it's a very poetic book. And a, a, a book that has a lot of uh, symbolism and, 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 and word pictures in there. And, and it says this about giving. Cast your bread upon the waters. In other words, throw your generosity out there and you will find it after many days. That's Ecclesiastes 11 verse 1. See, when we give, there's great gain for others and, and for us. Uh, m- many of you remember Project Joy 
Uh, we just last week we sent a, a team down to go deliver uh, Christmas shoe boxes that many of you put together. How many of you put together a shoe box? Yeah, many of you did that. These kids were just uh, it really enjoyed it. How many of you went down there? Any of you went 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 that? A couple of you over here went, and and that it was a great great time that that. Uh, these kids just really enjoyed. Ask some of those who went to see the expression on those kids' faces and the, and the parents who were there and how much they really enjoyed this. And it was a great, great time for them. Your gift of gener- your generous gift blessed these kids greatly and their families. Just a simple shoebox. And I would gather to say that even though maybe it was a little bit of pain to put that, uh, box together, you had to go to the store and get this stuff, you know, all that kind of stuff, that you, that there's a, a certain amount of joy that expanded your life in that because you gave, because there is a blessing in giving. See, when we give, like when we give to the church, it, it blesses you, the giver, and it blesses also the church. When you give to the community, it blesses the community and it also blesses you as we go further, further. We've been given all we have been given, time and talent and treasure, our, our resources, our money. To make a difference. And that's why God gave them to us. To use. 1 Corinthians 12.7 says, To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. That God has given you what you have because he's given it to you to be able to give out. Not to hoard. not Not to compile it all to yourself. But actually to generously hand out. And to be generous in what you bless others with. And so this morning I'd like us um, to, to to look at three uh, space-making steps of generosity so that we would learn to give like the Father and experience the reality that being generous like God creates space in life. And we're going to look at some interesting characters from the Christmas narrative. And so before we do that, if you wouldn't mind uh, uh, setting your Bible aside for a second and stand up, let's pray and ask God to, to challenge us this morning. Because I know he's got something for you this morning. Father God, thank you for uh, just this great time of year. And Lord, we, in this whole idea of, of gift giving and, and that, Lord, we want to be generous like you in our whole life, not just in the gifts that we give, but, but Lord, in our whole life, we reflect you. You are a generous and amazing God who's given us and blessed us with so much. Help us to be more like you. And, and may this morning, may you challenge us. Holy Spirit, do your work in our heart. And help us to see what you want us to see this morning, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I encourage you to have a seat. And, and as you're sitting down, make sure you pull out out of your worship folder that uh, uh, Victor talked about. We love prayer requests from you. And there's also an outline inside there that has some blanks to fill out. The answers will be up on the screen. And if you miss those or some of the extra verses that I give, in the back uh, lobby area is a study guide that has all the answers on the back and the extra verses and plus some questions that you can go through throughout the week and kind of expand on the study. If you're in a life group and your life group's still meeting, a lot of our life groups use that for their curriculum and uh, for their time to be able to get together, but I encourage you with that. Take your Bibles, if you will, and open up to the Bible book of Luke, chapter 2. If you don't have a Bible, our wonderful ushers are coming down the aisle. They are uh, they have Bibles, loaner Bibles for you. If you'd like to borrow one, just uh, raise your hand. They'd be happy to uh, loan you that. You can leave it at your chair when you're done, and that would be great. So take your Bible. And if you will, open up to uh, Luke chapter 2, Matthew, Mark, if you're looking at the New Testament, Luke chapter 2, we'll be heading down past the shepherd's story to Luke chapter uh, chapter 2, verse 25 in that. Uh, But three space-making steps of generosity. The first 
is to experience the gift of salvation like Simeon. Now, this is a, a little bit after Jesus is born. And uh, and the uh, Mary and Joseph and, and little baby Jesus are, are heading towards the temple to take care of some of the customs of the day and the, the ceremonies that need to, they need to go through as they every Jewish child would go through. And so here they are. They're entering the temple, and, and this scene happens. You're going to meet a character named Simeon. Now, there was a man in verse 25, Luke chapter 2. There was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was righteous and devout and waiting for the consolation of Israel. The consolation of Israel is that promise that God had made long, long ago that he would send a Messiah. That is, Isaiah talked about that he would be uh, one who was born and, and he would be called Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. He would be Messiah. This, this, uh, priestly king that would come and, and set up his throne and his dominion and, and bring peace. But he not, not only would just bring peace, um, in, in the physical world, but also spiritually as, as they had read in Isaiah as well, that our sin has separated us from God and that we are in need of a savior. And by his stripes we are healed. Isaiah would go on to say in many of the other prophecies of what Messiah would do that would pay the penalty for our sin. And so Simeon was waiting for this, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. Verse 26, And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that Simeon would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents, Jesus' parents, brought the child Jesus to do for him was according to the custom of the law, Simeon took Jesus in his arms and blessed him and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, that you have prepared in the presence of all these people a light of revelation for the Gentiles and for the glory of your people, Israel. See, Simeon was waiting. He was anticipating he was trusting and looking for God to fulfill his promise. Not just that he would uh, not experience death until he had seen the Messiah, but, but, but that, that, that God would send one who would take care of all the issues that we face in life. And Simeon understood his need, his need for a Savior, grasping that we are all in need of rescue. Now, I, I know it's interesting, it's, it's, it's actually tragic, but in, in this all this news about the firestorms that have been going on and are going on presently, there always seems to be a story about some reporter putting a microphone in somebody's face and and uh, and they're saying things like, oh, you know, I don't think the fire is ever going to hit me. I've watered down my uh, roof and everything's going to be fine. And, 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 you know, these kind of things don't happen to people like us. And, and they just seem to be in denial that there, there's a huge... You know, they've ignored the, the warning signs. They've ignored the, the evacuation notices. They just simply are going to hold their ground and figure, you know, bad things don't happen to good people. And the truth is, it's fire is relentless and the fire doesn't care whether you're good or bad or whatever. It just consumes. And that's the same reality of sin. Sin spares no one. The Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All of us are in a state of separateness from God and we desperately need to get connected with him, but yet we can't on our own and we need a savior. 
Simeon was waiting for that Savior. And oh man, what it must have been like to come in and get that sense that, that this is him and to scoop him up in your arms and to be hold, to hold your own Savior in your arms. And to be able to proclaim that just must have been completely amazing. Jesus is that Lord and Savior. And in humility, Simeon found room to embrace him. And when he did that, incredible peace and love and joy filled his life. It expanded his life. Proverbs 28, verse 13 says, Whoever conceals his transgressions, in other words, pretends like there's nothing wrong, pretends like the sin's firestorm hasn't affected them, will not prosper. But he who confesses and forsakes them will find mercy. Simeon came to grips with his depravity, his sinfulness, and generously embraced the Savior. Simeon was generous in his faith. His faith was not little faith. His faith was generous faith in a God who could do all that he said he could do. Where is your faith? Is your faith that little faith that, you know, just a a little Sunday faith where you kind of take Jesus in, okay, I got him on Sunday and maybe a little bit at Christmas, but throughout the rest of the year, hey, you know, I'm okay with that. Or if you you embrace the, the reality of Jesus as Savior, as Messiah, King of your own life. For when you generously receive God's gift of salvation and his leadership of life, there is room. There's room for peace, a peace that surpasses understanding. Some people wonder why I just can't have peace. But yet when you when you stand in with God by your side, there's always peace. And I've sat with many believers who've gone through horrendous difficulties, whether it's the loss of a husband or the reality of cancer or the difficulties of a lost relationship or uh, gone without because they've, they've been uh, let go from their job, and yet they have a peace that surpasses understanding. God has expanded their life. Not only that, there's room to interact with God. There's incredible relationship with Him. And we embrace Him and are generous in our faith. And there's a deeper love. And we become who we were created to be when we reach and grab hold of Jesus like Simeon did in that full embrace of that. And it's the challenge to be generous in your embrace of Jesus. I love how Psalm 67 verses 1 to 3 just ring out in praise of that. May God be gracious to us and bless us, making his face to shine upon us that you may be known on the earth, your saving power among the nations, that the peoples praise you, O oh God, that the peoples praise you, praise you because all that we have in Christ Jesus when, when we, when we embrace him fully. And so be generous in faith towards God. For when we do, it creates space. A lot of times we, we wonder because our faith is so small and all throughout scripture, Jesus was challenging the disciples saying, Oh, you of little faith. Because sometimes our faith is just so narrow and so small. And yet when we fully embrace all of who Jesus is, he's the Lord of all. He's the king of all. He's the master of everything. He's the creator of the heavens and the earth. He knows everything. He is the all in all. He is the mighty God. 
the everlasting father. He is the prince of peace. And when you embrace him like that, it expands your life. And we do that through obedience and through knowledge and understanding. We grow in faith. And if you haven't yet come to that place where you believe in Jesus, you haven't really embraced him, I encourage you to to investigate him, especially this Christmas season. And if we can help, we'd love to in any way. You can contact us or you can, at the end of the service, pick up one of these uh, next step bundles there. It's a, a resource packet that you can take and un- un- open as a letter written from us and it talks about Jesus and a book in there that you can read and know about this Jesus that we're talking about. I encourage you, you can pick one up at the end of the service. Uh, don't pick up one up for somebody else. Just if you're searching, you pick one up and, and take that and you'll be encouraged. But the rest of us, renew your faith in God. Embrace Him fully for embracing the gift of salvation like Simeon expands our life. Another space-creating step to be generous is when we express appreciation like Anna. Let's go deeper into the story. Uh, Verse 33, Simeon also blesses and and says something prophetic about Jesus. You can read that later, verses 33 and 34 and, and 35. And then someone else enters into the scene. While this whole scene is happening with Simeon and and, and praying and talking to Jesus and talking to his parents, there was another person there. Verse 36, and there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin, and, and then a widow until she was 84. In other words, that she had a husband. They lived together for seven years, and then he obviously died, and she became a widow. And now she's 84. She did not depart from the temple, the verse goes on to say, worshiping and fasting and praying night and day and coming up that very hour when Simeon was with Jesus and his parents. And she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who were there waiting for the redemption of Israel. See, though she had experienced loss, Anna did not become bitter or stingy, but gave her time to God constantly, and she was thankful. And when she saw baby Jesus, she did not vent her frustration or ask to, for release from her difficulties. She genuinely and generously gave thanks and appreciation to God. See, being generous and appreciation creates space for joy, for contentment, and for a whole lot more. Actually, studies again verify what the Bible already teaches that reveals that being thankful creates space for motivation, space for energy and better sleep, reduction of stress, being engaged more in life when you're thankful. Actually, Martin Luther, who we studied a, 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 a last series ago when we looked at the... <clears throat> Around the birthday of the, Re- <clears throat> excuse me, the birthday of the Reformation. Martin Luther said that gratitude is the basic Christian attitude because it shapes our thinking and our feelings and our relationship with God. God challenges us to be thankful. First Thessalonians 5.18 says, give thanks in all circumstances. Did you catch that? In, in what, in what circumstances? In all circumstances, when you lose your job, when you uh, go through cancer, when someone you love dies, when, when you face difficulty at work, when school is a chore, when you're trying to take care of a lot of kids and, 
It just life seems to be overwhelming. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. So let's be generous with appreciation for all that God has given us. Help and guidance and talents and incomes and stuff and family and salvation and, and so much more. But let's say thank you more. Let's be generous in our appreciation. Like for those who serve you at the restaurant. Those clerks at the store, and believe me, the holiday time is difficult. People yell at store workers for just because they're venting their holiday frustration, and, and they get a lot. They need a bright, smiling person like you to come and just say thank you. Um, thank your parents. Thank your spouse. Thank your siblings. Thank your teachers. Thank your friend. Thank your public servant. You know, Christmas is a great time. To thank people. And if you can add a little monetary blessing, great. Be generous and thank people. You know, we have what we have by the hand of God. And we have what we don't have by his hand as well. And we can be thankful for what all God gives us. And we can be thankful for what, what God doesn't give us. So much we spend so much of our time in want. And yet God gives us exactly what we need and holds back exactly what needs to be held back. So yes, open the gift of being connected to God and enjoy and be content and be appreciative like Anna. And watch how space is created in your life. Watch how just there just seems to be more room. And there seems to be a, a greater sense of joy, a greater sense of peace. Being generous like God creates space for life. One more space-creating step of generosity. Engage gifts of honor like the wise men. Take where you are in Luke and go backwards to Matthew, the very first book of the New Testament, Matthew chapter 2. Many of you know the story of the wise men as, uh, as they were traveling uh, and, and meeting Jesus. You've seen the nativity scenes with the wise men there and you know, you sung the songs, We Three Kings of Orientar. I always wondered what Orientar was. But it was Orientar, right? The, uh, the three kings came and they, and they came and they, they gave gifts to Jesus. What were the gifts? There was gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Yeah, and there's been lots of studies about what those gifts mean, but, but, but the, the reality is they came, and they came sometimes after Jesus was born. We're not sure, but I love this picture. Uh, it shows Jesus as a, as a young toddler, and, and he may have been somewhere around three, four, five years old. We're not sure. Uh, but these wise men came, and in Matthew chapter two, uh, you need to read the whole story. I encourage you to read the whole story, but let me just read you the first couple of verses here. It says, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of King Herod, behold, wise men called Magi from the east came to Jerusalem saying, where is he who is born King of the Jews? For we saw his star and when it rose and we have come to worship him. And as you read on in, in Matthew chapter 2, there's some interesting things about Herod and, and trying to connive and, uh, you know, make his way and find out where the baby was born so he could basically have Jesus killed. So instead he has lots of other kids killed. It's a really awful story. One of the sad parts of the Christmas story, but the, the wise men finally get there and they come in and they see Jesus. 
And here are these wise men. These weren't just, you know, professors of some kind. These were kingmakers. Kings brought them into their kingdom to say, make our kingdom work because these learned men knew about agriculture and, and, and all kinds of how to move water different places and, and knew astrology and could tell about the weather patterns and, and knew about commerce and, and all those kind of things. They knew how to organize life. And so any king to be a real kingdom needed these magi, these wise men. And when they came into town, you know, it was like people would line the streets and they would bow before them and they would bring them gifts of great honor because the, the wise men had come. And they were used to people bowing down before them. Kings would bow before them. And here they come. This amazing, miraculous star upholds the house of there and they walk in, in amazement. And they come and they bow before the king of kings and humbly offer them their gifts. These were powerful and popular people and did not just give Jesus nice and expensive gifts, but generously gave these gifts to honor and to worship him. Because we are created to be generous and to give. If wise men can do that, so can we. But it's natural to give. We were created in the image of our generous creator, and we have the propensity, and we have the pull to give. Like Carrie Couch. Carrie's sitting right there. I know she's embarrassed for me to share the story, but I, I, she said it was okay, and I'm glad that she did. This past week, went to the Christmas tree farm lot, or Christmas tree lot that her and her late husband, Ron, used to go to, and she's made it an annual thing. And I know the, the pangs of the memory of Ron's home going is still real. She at that lot was compelled to give. And so there was a family there and she bought this family a tree. And God used her to, to bless that family. And actually she's been uh, connecting with that family and they've shared emails or so forth back and forth. And uh, that one act really encouraged that family greatly. Because Carrie did what comes naturally. Her heart just moved her. God moved her and she, she gave and she was there with her grandson. What an example for her grandson to see. What an example for us to see. Carrie, thank you. Thank you for being used of God to encourage us. Because that's our natural bent. And, and even more so under the leading uh, uh, force of Jesus in our life, we're to give. See, it's unnatural to be stingy or to withhold. Proverbs 3.27 says, Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due and is in your power to do it. God is generous and, and being created in his image, we are to be generous as well. When we do, great space is given. I know Carrie's heart was expanded and so was the heart of those that she gave towards. And there's countless Studies 
revealing Jesus' truth that it's more blessed to give than receive. Actually, there was one study done at Duke University saying receiving gifts is encouraging. It's fun to get gifts. Come on, we can say that. It's okay. But long-lasting blessing comes when we give. Many other studies reveal that active giving keeps stress in check. You're stressed out, give more. Also, it makes us feel better. You're feeling down yourself, go give something. (laughs) It builds stronger relationships, especially when you give together. That relationship, that, that, that time with Carrie and her grandson will always be one he'll remember and that strengthens their relationship. It keeps us mentally sharp. You feel like you're losing it mentally? Get out and start giving more. It creates a more positive climate. Well, you're feeling negative about the world? Get out and start giving and it will change you. There's a whole movie about that. A Christmas Carol. Ebenezer Scrooge. It's not a real story, but it's an example. Of, but there's a lot of Scrooges out there that have been changed by giving, by living out what God has called us to be, to be generous and to give gifts of honor. It's not giving so we get, but giving to be generous. Jesus put it this way. He's talking about don't just give to those <clears throat> who are like you, but also give to your enemies. He says, but love your enemies, Luke 6.35 Love your enemies and do good and lend, expecting nothing in return. And your reward will be great. And you will be sons of the Most High, for he is kind to ungrateful and evil. The ungrateful and the evil. So be generous and give. Learn what giving is like. And that's why we've created this brochure. There are some in the lobby area. It talks about a biblical view of giving to the local church. And some of you are, have a great practice of giving. And I encourage you to uh, gain a better practice and be more generous in that regard. For when you do, there is great expansion. Yes, it's going to uh, uh, require some sacrifice like the wise men. And obviously be wise and don't spend more than you have. But that sacrifice is real. These wise men, it was a month's journey with much expense. It wasn't just three guys taking a trip. It was a whole entourage. But well worth the difficult journey. For being generous like God creates space in life. And so the question is, what will you give to show Jesus honor this Christmas? Jesus was clear. Give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over will be put into your lap. For the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Not that we give to get. We give because we have a generous God. And because being generous like God does create space in life. So embrace the gift of salvation like Simeon. Express appreciation like Anna. And exchange and engage in gifts of honor like the wise men. And open this great gift of generosity in life. My goodness, we live in such a stingy world where people are constantly worried about what they're withholding. Why not be generous and reflect the generosity of God? And again, if you haven't yet come to that place where you know and embrace Him for the first time, do pick up one of the the next step packets, next step bundles, and, and enjoy the reality of that. 
But my prayer for you and my hope for you is this Christmas. You will experience Christmas full and enjoy the expanding reality of being generous. Will you pray with me? Father God, thank you for the the joy it is to know you. And Lord, I thank you for the generous way you have blessed each of us. We have what we have by your hand. And you have generously provided us great blessing. Life, joy, and peace, and happiness in you. Thank you for that reality. Lord, may we reflect that. Even in these next few days remaining in Christmas, Lord, may we, may we be changed. Even more generous than we thought we could be. Lord, thanks for the great experience that we'll have because of that. As you expand our life. Mostly thank you for being generous. We pray this in Jesus, your name.